The virtual CISO moment is brought to you by VCISO Services, a leading provider of quality and experienced virtual chief information security officers for small and mid-sized businesses. Check them out at vcisoservices.com. Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer, and welcome to the virtual CISO moment. We have Robin Wild joining us today. She is a CISSP, has the C-RISC, the PMP, and a whole bunch of other certifications that would take like too long to go through. And she is also currently the Director of Business Solutions at Team Health, and she has a quite a long and interesting career path. Robin, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. So uh, yeah, you do have one of the more eclectic paths, it seems like, with regards <laughs> to um, IT, information security, cybersecurity, project management. So why don't we just start from the beginning about what got you interested in IT and, and how your career progressed from there? Well, uh, you know, my journey in IT, I think, was um, very circuitous as well. I work with a lot of folks that um, have computer science degrees, and I always say I'm going to let the smart people talk because that is not how I started. Um, the my, my background actually was in stage management in the theater back in the day. Um, and stage management, project management, I have a lot in common, as you can imagine. Mm. Um, so... Uh, I segued from stage management to project management uh, back in the early 2000s uh, because I did not want to travel. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'd like to have a life. Um, so um, I got into project management uh, at that time and was very fortunate uh, at that time to, to get on with Team Health in their early days, very early days. Um, and I also had a background in uh, teaching as well, because I have been told by my family, be practical, get a teaching degree, because that theater thing is, it's not going to pay the bills, right? <laughs> um, so I had a teaching background, and they needed uh, somebody who could do technical training and project management. It was very early days for team health. I was one of the first uh, 100 IT uh, people that they had. So um, we kind of wore a lot of different hats, and that got kind of got us uh, through things. So that's what got me into project management and IT. Um, very quickly got me deep in the weeds with a product that they were um, developing at the time, and it's still 20 years later working. So um, love that product. Uh, that product's name is Teamworks, and um, Teamworks was an in-house developed end-to-end um, uh, -end application from recruiting the payroll of, uh, of our physicians. Oh. So I got a lot of broad uh, experience uh, with it. Um, and one of the things that got me into cyber was um, they asked me to develop the uh, permissions matrix uh, for the system. Um, and that's what got me uh, started in identity and access management. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that has been my focus. I have to say it's been my strength. I've worked in some other areas, obviously. Um, and as a, when I left Team Health and went to Scripps Networks back in 2008, uh, got deep into infrastructure, so that got me into network security, um, as well as SecOps work. Um, mm -hmm. Was uh, got involved with CyberArk and a lot of other things that they were doing at the time. Uh, we implemented Okta uh, a few years later, um, and then um, as uh, cyber really became more of a outside of just infrastructure discipline, um, uh, Scripps had the the uh, foresight to develop a department. And I was one of the first three members of that department um, in developing the program 
uh, mm -hmm. that would become the cybersecurity program. We adopted the CIST, uh, CSF um, uh, cybersecurity framework uh, in 2014. Uh, we were one of the first um, small to mid-sized companies to do that. I remember going to the CSF conference with our CTO at the time, Mark Hale, who has since retired. Um, and I, I looked around the room, there were about 300 of us uh, there at uh, the University of South Florida uh, in this conference room. And uh, I'd say the median age was probably 55. <laughs> <laughs> and there were, uh, and I counted five women. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Um, matter of fact, it was kind of a joke because uh, Mark was hilariously funny. I had to tell him this when I, I had gone and parked the rental car and the guys had jumped out or CISO at the time and uh, or the person that was the director of security. He wasn't a CISO then. Um, and Mark jumped out of the car and went and checked in and I came up afterwards and they said, are you with the press? Because they just assumed I was because I was a female, right? What uh. am I doing here? Um, so I, I still tell that story all the time that women in cyber obviously um, uh, are still a minority, but we are gaining ground very quickly um, in this area. And uh, there are a lot of um, some unique things that women bring to the table in cyber. And um, I've tried to champion that um, in my role as well as um, in East Tennessee, um, our East Tennessee chapter of ISC Squared as well. I'm the treasurer for it. So with regards to women in cyber, what would be, um, what can we do to increase, um, not necessarily just participation, but um, equality across the, the, the spectrum? I, I don't like to hear stories where everybody in the room, for the most part, is like me, because I am a 55-year-old male. I, mean, I know I, you are. I, I was the demographic there. And you I don't were like the demographic, that. And, and that's okay. I'm, I'm not, the other thing that I think is very important to note, um, and I'm a huge support uh, supporter of veterans, um, mm -hmm. is that many of our very seasoned veterans in cybersecurity, are, are, are veterans in cybersecurity, to be clear. And many of those individuals are male and older, right? Um, I checked that box yeah. too. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. Um, and I, I think it's a, uh, it's an important thing to note that that there are certain areas uh, of our industry who have enjoyed recruiting and experience from the military. Mm -hmm. And um, I think we're in a place now where we're also starting to pay back some of that original right um, to the uh, to our presence uh, in the military as well. But I, I think that contributes partially um, to the inequality of uh, women in, in this field, because it's not mm -hmm. historically been something that um, women in the military have been interested in or recruited for, right? Uh, I think that's changing. Mm -hmm. uh, I've talked to a lot of people, um, younger people um, that are getting into things. I also think there's been a huge emphasis, and I'm a Girl Scout leader, and a Girl Scout um, uh, alumni. Uh, so I, I've spent 20 plus years in the Girl Scouts. Girl Scouts as an, as an organization has done a tremendous job with, uh, um, with Palo Alto to create a path for cybersecurity badges for girls from the lower uh -huh. end. Okay. And I've been trying to be involved in that. 
um, because there's been a lot of emphasis with young women in girls who code and things like that to get them into coding, but not so much interest or um, socialization of other areas of STEM like cyber that girls can go into, right, that don't require coding, um, but have some really unique similar skill sets, right? Um, and so uh, I'm very interested in, um, in in doing that, at least in my local council area and supporting those badges as well. But I think there are opportunities uh, for women and young young girls um, getting into things um, that may have started in coding, um, but then um, could take that and uh, parlay it into cyber very, very easily and really enjoy it. And that's very interesting. Got me thinking. Um, there's And there is a lot of folks that are more becoming interested in the strict cyber um, side of it, mm -hmm. both uh, male and female. Um, but but one part of information security, which I don't think is getting enough attention that uh, there's uh, one of the folks that works for us, for example, works with us. I don't say works for us. We're all, we're all on the same Thank team. You. Um, she is um, very much interested in the governance risk and compliance part. Absolutely. Of, and that is where, I would also like to see it's not all just about red teaming, blue teaming, teaming, purple teaming. I still sure. get the colors all mixed up. Um, there's there's that as well, too. That's a great insight. Um, and, and that's very true. Actually, the equality amongst GRC women is much higher um, because they're coming in through audit. There was a, a there's a path. Uh, there that many of the women that I worked with in the past were working, um, got into things through like sock audits and things mm -hmm. like that. And now they're parlaying it into being a CISA or a CSIM or, or something like that. So it's a terrific observation on your part. I actually find more women in the audit roles and compliance roles um, than I do um, in the SecOps or identity and access management area. It's very interesting. Usually about this time in the podcast, I'll ask something along the lines of what do you think is a significant cybersecurity threat to small and mid-sized businesses? I'll, I'll submit that probably one of the answers there is that we don't have as much qualified folks in the field because we still have this untapped or not optimally tapped resource that we can do better with. But aside from that, what would you say is one of the most significant threats in information security for a small and mid-sized business? Uh, well, I'm going to lean toward my bias, I'm afraid. I, um, and uh, I'm sure a lot of people are going to tell you ransomware, right? It's going to be their number one <laughs> item. And, um, it is. It's like family feud. It's like, that's the number one answer. And I'm going to say that for my industry, for healthcare, um, and I'm, I'm delighted to be back with Team Health. I rejoined them um, back in 2018. So for healthcare in particular, obviously ransomware is a huge concern for us. Um, but I'm going to pivot from that and say, I'm going to lean toward my bias and say, um, actually, I feel that identity and access management um, and us getting more mature in that area as far as educating our users on um, and enforcing multi-factor and enforcing um, a better understanding of the data that they create and they touch and they store. I think would be, um, in my opinion, that's one of our greatest opportunities, right, is enlisting um, our end users um, in their responsibility on a day-to-day -day basis, right? And I know that's somewhat of a feminine, uh, probably touchy-feely kind of thing. I get that. But I also feel like um, that's how you get ownership, 
Mm -hmm. Right. And I, I think if we do that and people feel more ownership around their usernames, their passwords, their files, um, it's like if you walk back into your house and the doors open, you look around and make sure the TV's still there, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so well, they can go ahead and take my TV. It's like well, you know, years old, but I, yeah, I'm I just saying, you know, that's that's the kind of awareness that I would like for my end users to have mm -hmm. um, is the understanding that um, that they have a key to our kingdom, right? Ransomware can't get in unless we let it in. Okay, mm -hmm. um, so I'm I very much a, a huge bias on identity and access management. I'll, I'll confess to that right now. It is my specialty, but I also feel like it is um, an area to which um, we are pivoting from trying to, quote, keep people out and the whole moat philosophy, right, um, to a, a, a distributed model anyway. And that distributed model really needs to include um, not just multiple systems, you know, looking after things, but also um, asking everybody who has a key to the front door or the back door for that matter, right, um, in privileged um, access um, to, to have that awareness um, and to, to be a, um, an active participant, right, and not only protecting them, uh, the company, but themselves. Um, because there's a lot of people that are still learning cybersecurity. There's a brand new UPS commercial out there now. Uh, you've probably seen it uh, where they say, you know, um, would you like for me to send this on an unsecured text? Oh, with the, with, <laughs> and, with the, with the bird. With, right? Yeah, yeah. With, with the bird. Yeah. The, you know, the, the funny thing is that you said a UPS commercial and I'm like, I, I, I did not catch that that was from for UPS. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, I'm like, I don't even know what it was for, but I just remember the bird. <laughs> right, right. You remember the bird. So I, I think there's some clever ways um, that we all, from whatever industry we're in, and I applaud you, UPS for that. But again, I'm a bias on identity and access yeah. management, right? Um, about educating people what is and is not secure, right? Um, and also, if they are unfortunate enough to um, click on something or do something that they weren't supposed to, I want them to feel ownership enough to raise my hand. Right. right. Say, mm, I think I just did something I'm not supposed to. Right. But I have a team that supports me and mm -hmm. will take care of me. Right. And shut things down and make sure that the company is protected, that I'm protected, because unfortunately, I may be one of those people that uses the same password for everything and I shouldn't. Um, but I'm going to learn a hard lesson. We had somebody a couple of years back. I'm, obviously, no one on this podcast would know who they are, um, but they did that. And unfortunately, uh -huh. they had that bad hygiene, uh, as we call it in the biz, right? right. And their bank account got hit mm. uh, because they they knew the person's name, they knew the person's password, and they gave it a shot, you know? So um, not only did they obviously expose us, um, we were able to lock it down to just 28 users. So for us, we, we did tremendous response planning for that, and it, it worked out great. But that one in particular person, um, they got hit not once, but twice. Right. Um, and, and that's the, that's the kind of, um, thing that I feel like is, um, a cautionary tale, right. That, um, we need to say, you know, it's a different world than we used to live in. And it's hugely important too, for privacy. Um, Sorry. <laughs> Apologies. Somebody's calling in with a with a question. They're calling in with a question. I should have muted that. My apologies, Greg. No, no worries. But that's hugely important too when we talk about privacy because yeah. privacy is so much more of an um, 
uh, a consideration, particularly when you've got now uh, you know, CCPA and now uh, CPRA, if I have my acronyms correct for California and, wow. and identity and access management, you use the analogy of door open. There's yeah. also that, well, okay, the door is okay to be open for you, but do you have a reason to walk into the room right now? That's correct. And and that's where the that's education correct. comes into play. Just because you can get to it doesn't mean you should. And I know in healthcare, right. that's been a huge, um, that's been like one of the examples. Like, I, I don't know how often it happens now, but I remember five, 10, 12 years ago where there were several examples of people in hospitals that were looking up information on famous people that were there as patients. That, that you're absolutely right. Not in my ER, thank you. But, <laughs> um, but, um, but, but yes, you're, you're absolutely right. And um, uh, privilege um, sprawl is probably the, the nicest word for it, right? Um, or escalated privilege. Um, back in the day when there was so much trust internally with people, um, you know, uh, they, they certainly got more um, access to things than, than was due and necessary, right? Um, and I think in the last several years, as cyber has become more and more of an issue, obviously, um, the idea of uh, tailoring privileges uh, to roles and mm -hmm. role-based access control in particular, although that is somewhat of a brass ring for a lot of people, I get that. Um, but um, for us, it is uh, critically important for us to lock down um, things within not only um, a particular location, but also within a particular uh, job duty role, right? Because um, that, that, you know, somebody who's working the front desk has zero issue, uh, reason to, to look at a chart. Right. Um, you know, for example, so um, and that's more of a clinic type of setting, uh, which we do have at Team Health, but um, but it's uh, uh, but you're correct. Um, you know, the uh, the idea of um, and that's one of the challenges, I think, as you start going through businesses that have multiple lines of service, which we are one of those businesses. And uh, four years ago, we embarked on a, on a big RBAC project internally um, to um, limit uh, access. We were more interested internally. It's kind of interesting. Every business is different, but we were more interested internally that other business units couldn't look at other businesses stuff, right? <laughs> <Originally>, <laughs> right? We didn't want somebody going over and say, hmm, how much is Spectrum making this month? Yeah. Uh, you know, um, or, you know, who are their more productive doctors? You know, can we steal them? Um, so uh, that's what we were more interested in um, than the other way around, obviously. Um, so there's been a pivot and a good one, um, I think, in the last five years, especially, um, not only in healthcare, but other businesses, I'm sure, um, to, to, to do a relook on um, how we do identity and access management. Um, access reviews have become obviously um, big now um, over um, not just for audit reasons every year or every six months, which are required for SOC and SOC 2 now, obviously, but um, but even on the whole, right, um, you know, we're, we're sending managerial reviews now um, annually mm -hmm. uh, along with the annual review. Makes and sense, right? Annual review, I'm going to review your performance, I'm going to review your access, we're going to make sure everything is um, copacetic. And user access reviews, you brought that up, um, are so important. I know it's some some small and mid-sized businesses, they almost don't don't get, at least this is the impression I get sometimes when we first start working with clients, the the rationale behind it. It's like, well, IT's taking care of that, they're on top of it. It's but yeah, but, 
But yeah. but no, we're not saying that IT is doing something necessarily wrong. There could be a breakdown in the process. What if HR didn't say that there was a change, either a person terminates or a person That's takes right. a different role? They and take so a different it's, job, and then all of a sudden you have stacked privileges. Right. And by the way, I love the phrase, I'm going to steal this, privilege sprawl. Yeah. I've never heard that before, and um, um, I, I will pay you royalties for it every time I use it. <laughs> That's that's been my personal name for it, right? I mean, you know, that back in the day we talked about server sprawl, right? Well, this right. is not that much different than server sprawl. It's just privilege sprawl. That's no, and 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 actually, um, in in the in the project management world, that would be like scope creep, you know, in it, a way. You exactly can you can say you have privilege scope scope. <laughs> Hello, scope creep. Um, so no, I I love that. Well, uh, everything in in cyber and IT, um can be very stressful. And I think it's so important, everybody who listens to this podcast know I, I preach this, that it's so important to be able to disconnect and do something just away from it. What's one of the things you do to unplug from the stresses of the cyber world? Um, well, I mentioned earlier that uh, um, Girl Scouts is a great way for me to unplug a couple of times a, a month for sure um, and get outdoors and just do something completely different, obviously, mm -hmm. uh, with my girls. So I, I enjoy that. Um, but uh, I have to say that my consistent hobby over the years um, ha has been gaming. Um, so oh. I'm an active gamer um, I, I'm in Dungeons and Dragons specifically. Um, and I've been playing with some of my friends since high school. Um, oh so my. That's, kind of, that's my outlet. So you've been playing, <laughs> you've been doing this for five years then, right? <laughs> That's right. Five whole years, right? <laughs> That'll date me um, a little bit, but um, we uh, I, I do enjoy it. I know that D&D uh, &D in particular has gotten a resurgence in the last few years, and um, there was a question during the pandemic whether it would, you know, uh, survive, but it, it did, it, you know, people did, we found a way, right, mm -hmm. um, for it to, to, to move on, but I, I love it because it's storytelling. Um, it's uh it's not predictable uh it's, it's based on chance a lot of it and um if you have a good group of people that you gained with which i'm very fortunate to have done obviously um but i've played in multiple groups now including people i work with which is fabulously fun mm -hmm. uh to work with somebody in a different capacity right um is is so much fun so um i i do enjoy that a, a couple of times a month as well and um my daughter, who is 18, is graduating uh, here early, so she's been keeping me busy. <laughs> <laughs> she always keeps me busy, um, and uh, it's, uh, you know, uh, I've been married uh, 30 years to the same guy. Um, oh, congratulations. Again, sweetheart, so, uh, and he plays with us, obviously, in Dungeons and Dragons, so um, that's our date night as well, so it works out great. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, while you were doing that, uh, talking about that, I was thinking about my answer. Um, a lot of times I'll say, well, you know, I run or this or that, something physical. But I I, I had the epiphany as I was do doing this, that doing this podcast is one of the ways that I separate because I love hearing everybody's different stories. I, I, I mentioned before we started recording that I'm actually, um, because of the holidays and all that, and a couple of other topics today, recording four Right. Back to back to back to back, which is yeah. like, but I, but I found that I love it. And I think that that's the important thing that if you can, 
you have something that you love that you can just totally disconnect from cyber that that's hugely important to get. To get I, I think it's balance. really important. I've always been a, a huge reader my whole life. And obviously I was in theater in my young life, uh, my younger life, I should say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I love storytelling um, and, uh, and I love being a part of creating a story. And um, I know that some people look at D&D as, as very nerdy and, and all that, but it, it has a very creative side to it. Sure. Um, yeah. And um, um, I, I truly enjoy that. And um, I also enjoy the, uh, the friendships uh, that I've made over the years being a part of the game. Um, so I, I think uh, it's, it's all of the above, but, um, but I, I, it's, uh, it's been a major role in my life as far as a hobby uh, for, since I was 14. So I think that's probably the, the, the immediate thing that comes to mind other than Girl Scouts and, and getting outdoors and um, enjoying the outdoors. Cause I think the cyber people are, you know, we're in the dark and um, <laughs> we're very heads down a lot of the time. We're very focused people. Um, I love who I work with cyber wise. Um, still very much in touch with everybody that was on my original team um, at Scripps Networks. And mm -hmm. um, we've all gone different places now because Scripps has been bought not once but twice now. Um, they're owned by Warner Brothers now. Um, and so we've all kind of moved on in different directions, but we keep in touch. And I think those relationships that you make um, both on the job and obviously with personal things um, are part of what informs your worldview and your judgment to some extent, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I think judgment and solid judgment of people is really important in cyber in what we do. Um, Absolutely. And um, being able to to reach out to people and make connections um, and the soft skill piece of it, I know we talk about that, you know, tangentially, but, um, you know, um, one of the biggest things that we can do in cyber, I think, to um, grow the profession as well as uh, give the profession a good reputation internally for the people we have to work with, right, mm -hmm. is to be that um, that partner um, mm -hmm. and that friend in some cases where you feel like, mm, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, my God, I've done something <laughs> horrible. The whole thing's going to come down. Right. right. Um, because they, they, you know, media has done a terrific job of villainizing, you know, um, yeah. things. And, and I'm I'm not opposed to the villainization of people who do bad things, obviously, but uh, but at the same time, I don't want a user to feel um, that they're a villain. They're not a villain. I, right. I want them to be able to come to me. They're just someone who made a mistake. That's it. So we only got about a minute or so left. Very quickly, um, future plans. Future plans. Um, I fully intend to stay with Team Health. Yay! <laughs> uh, yay! <laughs> For those who are watching, I'm not going anywhere. Um, <laughs> Uh, but uh, I fully intend to stay with Team Health. Um, it's been, they've been wonderful to me. Um, one of the things that's really exciting for me in my new position as IT director, my previous position, I was the lead in identity and access management in our information security department. I kind of alluded to the fact that we had a huge project with RBAC and um, doing automation of onboarding and offboarding. And I really enjoyed that project. Um, but what excited me about this position was um, Bring, uh, starting up a new Azure government cloud uh, mm -hmm. for our military side of the business and CMMC compliance. Yay. Compliance. Ah, yeah, and we um, talk about right. CMMC a lot too. So. Right. So um, that's what attracted me to this particular position. I know some people are saying she's IT director of business solutions. What does that mean? <laughs> um, 
what but what the position really is 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 um building out that government cloud and that gotcha. really excited me uh to do that and to be a part of getting certified as cmmc um i'm also working with the clinics okay. um which is uh internet of things and how and <laughs> super excited about getting involved in that set up my first x-ray machine last week excellent um, excellent so um doing well, that and then um i also am working with daniel yeager or dny as we call it and uh, DNY is in a full transformation process. So that's going to be a big one. Okay. Well, very good. Um, we have run out of time. Appreciate you coming on, Robin. This is a fascinating discussion. It was great catching up as well. So thank yeah. you so much. It's been my pleasure. All right. And everybody, stay secure. <laughs>